Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. All right, uh, business owners, this one is for you. Um, we've got some information here you might want to get ready to uh, give a good listen to. Hi, everybody, this is Jim Mitchell. And on today's edition of Chicago's Legal Latte, uh, we've got a great conversation lined up. Uh, for those of you really with a business of almost any kind, we're going to discuss protecting some of your assets, but the focus isn't on something like insurance coverage, but but rather a look at the type of protection provided by trademarks. Now, that's a very common term. We hear it all the time, but uh, might be one which many of us don't really fully understand what's involved. So today, let's uh, let's try and take care of that. And I'll be chatting with attorney Courtney Kleshinsky. Courtney has been with us before. She's an associate at Lavelle Law Limited, and uh, always good to have her here. I appreciate the time she takes. So, Courtney, I know you've been busy. Thanks for taking some time to join me today. Great to be here, Jim. Um, now, I know that there's a lot we could cover, a lot of different directions we can go. Um, so let's just start with a definition up front here. That's sometimes the easiest way to get into it. Give me a sort of a high-level definition of what we're talking about, what specifically a trademark is. Definitely. A trademark is any word, name, symbol, figure, letter, or device that's used by a business to identify and distinguish the business itself or the business's products. So, for example, the Nike swoosh is a trademark for shoes and athletic equipment, and uh, that orange and yellow shell is a trademark for gas for shell gasoline. Okay, very familiar um, things there that, that we're familiar with. And um, very interesting that you broke it down there in, in your words, image, uh, things like that. And I want to come back to that. We'll talk about that as we get into more detail. Now, that's a copyright, or that's a trademark. We, we're familiar with copyrights as well, which is sort of similar but different. Can you just give me a quick example of what a copyright is and what the differences are between copyrights and trademarks? Oh, sure. Well, the difference between a trademark and a copyright is that a trademark is, as I said, a word, a name, a symbol, something that identifies a specific item. A copyright, on the other hand, is designed to protect literary or artistic expression. So copyrights protect books, music, plays, computer programs, paintings, sculptures, and movies. Generally, any artistic work that is fixed in a tangible medium of expression, meaning something permanent, and includes some artistic originality, can have copyright protection. Obviously, that sort of protection wouldn't apply to the Nike swoosh or the shell shell. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting distinction. I, you know, that I think is is a, a great topic, but we could probably get carried away and get confused by doing both. So today, let's focus on trademarks. And when you mention the word trademark and we talk about the images we see or words we might be used to hearing, um, what comes to mind for me is that little TM icon that sits usually like above right to some of those. Is is that an actual legal identifier that, that is used for a trademark item? It is, yes. 
Uh, a business owner can use the TM protection once it has registered the trademark with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Okay, and that's a process I'm sure we're going to talk about here as well, um, because the process is, is something that has to be followed as well. But but before we get into that, when when you talk about again images, um, icons, whatever it might be, when you talk about a trademark, what what is actually protected there? What does a trademark provide in terms of protection? Ultimately, what a business owner gains from trademark protection is protecting your work product and the brand that you have labored to build for your business. It prevents any other company or person from stealing what you've developed. And, you know, uh, attorneys often talk about goodwill. Goodwill can be associated with brands. Um, If you think about the iconic Coke logo, that's something that's protected by trademark and prevents anyone else from benefiting from Coke's time and investment and customers by using that logo. And does this also apply to um, any sort of, um, I don't want to say tampering, but but sort of using a very similar logo? You might see T-shirts around with something that looks like a Coke logo that says something else. Um, so it, does it also protect people from from tweaking, for lack of a better word, your logo and using it for some other purpose? Oh, absolutely. You can't make the Nike swoosh orange and expect that to um, to be a protectable trademark. Uh, you can and will be sued by Nike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a, a great deal of, uh, a great many lawsuits that take place around this. But let's, all right, so let's mm-hmm. go back to the beginning because you've, you've certainly given us a lot of great content already. Um, is there, a, is there a, what, an application process that, that has to be followed to be awarded a trademark? How does that work? Oh, absolutely. There are uh, there are uh, two paths that we'll discuss: the state and the federal trademark applications. But first, what I'd like to um, to talk about initially is what you should do before you apply for trademark protection. So, okay. before adopting or registering any trademark, you need to make sure that it is unique and distinctive. So, what do, what does that mean? Um, Distinctive means that the trademark must identify the source and distinguish your goods or services from the goods and services of your competitors. So distinctiveness really depends on what the mark is going to be used for and the goods or services that it's used for. So, for example, the word apple cannot be trademarked and used to distinguish one company's type of apples from those of another orchard down the street. But when we use that in connection with computers, Apple is a distinctive mark and clearly distinguishes one company's smartphones and applications from those of its competitors. So being distinctive and being unique is very important. And in order to ensure that your trademark is unique, you can perform a trademark search online to determine if there is a similar mark already in use Uh, a mark that's registered or one that's pending that conflicts with or is similar to to your own mark. You should always search federal registrations and all pending applications as well as state registrations and any common law usages. So quick Internet searches can be very helpful, but there's a deeper level to it. And what you're trying to avoid when you do these searches is adopting uh, a trademark 
that is confusingly similar to one that's already in use because you can be barred from continuing to use that mark or even have to pay fines to the person who owns the trademark. And then, obviously, you have wasted time and resources uh, developing a mark that you cannot take advantage of. Yeah, and there's no question in, in today's world, especially if we're talking about you know national brands, the, the cost of developing a logo or some other image. Um, if you're using one of the you know big ad firms or uh, graphic firms, and, and often these these images will be not only for print but for video and web use. And that's a lot of money invested. So as you say, you should do your due diligence first to make sure that that's going to stand up. Absolutely. Okay, so um, now you you did mention, boy, I've got so many different directions I want to go here. You mentioned state and and sort of federal regulation. Is the is the review process that you mentioned similar for both? And more importantly, is this preliminary work is that something you should use an attorney of some sort for? Or if you said, you know, going on doing some web searches as a start, is this something someone can do on their own, or should they really use a, a legal advisor to make sure that they're clear? Well, an attorney can certainly guide someone to the best resources. Uh, As I said, there are plenty of federal databases and trade databases available online that you can use to search for trademarks, and an attorney can definitely help guide you toward those resources. Uh, And we, we discussed the application process in federal versus state. They're essentially the same process. Uh, Both involve submitting paperwork to the appropriate federal or state agency, along with copies or examples of the trademark that you intend to use. However, the federal procedure takes much longer and is more expensive than the state procedure. But the federal process gives your mark protection nationwide, which is why it involves such a long process. And if your business is going to be operating on a national level, then the federal process is most likely the one that you'll choose. Now, as far uh, as the application... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would add through and go next talk about that application process. Mm-hmm. Well, first, uh, the first step is obviously to file the application. Next, uh, you get it approved by an examining attorney from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Then you file a statement of use. And afterwards, that statement of use is either approved or denied. And at any step along this process, the trademark is open to comment from the public. So if you do file a trademark that's very similar to another trademark out in the world, the person who owns that second trademark has the opportunity to file an objection. So getting it right and getting it right the first time, as we've said, is very important. Um, we're, we're getting a great recap on trademark protection and uh, talked earlier a little bit about copyrights. We'll, we'll go into depth on that in, a, in another upcoming discussion with Courtney Kleshinsky, who's with me today. If you're scribbling notes, uh, you can always uh, kind of catch up and get more from Courtney, who's an associate at Lavelle Law, by visiting lavellelaw.com or calling 847-705-7555. Um, Courtney, we've talked about the process leading up to getting a trademark granted once that's in hand, um, do you kind of put that in your pocket and you're safe then, or are there things you need to do in a sort of a maintenance or preservation going forward to, to maintain it? You definitely have to maintain your trademark protection. A trademark remains in force for 10 years 
provided that within the one-year period directly preceding the sixth year anniversary of the registration date of the trademark, you file an affidavit attesting to the continued use of the trademark. And this is important because trademarks do expire and we don't want to allow a trademark to continue to be used that's not being used in commerce. That's waste. That's wasted time and, and wasted intellectual property. Um, so what should be in that affidavit of continued use? Uh, the affidavit must show with supporting evidence that the trademark is still in use. Supporting evidence includes anything that has the trademark on it, so uh, company letterhead, uh, products, um, or services that your company provides will all be considered supporting evidence. And if that affidavit is not filed, the trademark registration will be canceled by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. If it is filed after the expiration of the initial 10-year period, you can renew your registration for successive periods of 10 years. And that requires filing a declaration of use and notice of renewal with the, Uni with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. It's interesting to think then that some of these um, iconic images that we've seen for you know decades, even probably some almost a century, talk about Ford Motor or some of those, it sounds like then every 10 years they're going through this process just to maintain what it is that they've established. Absolutely. All right, let's just talk. We've got just a few seconds left here, and, I, and we could go on a lot more. But, you know, once it's in place, do you, do you see is it common for challenges to be made to trademarks or, or lawsuits to be filed in terms of protection? I assume that uh, once you own it, you do want to be diligent about watching for it. Oh, absolutely, because, again, it protects your brand. And the reason why trademark protections can be so important it is partially because it allows you uh, to sue for enhanced damages in court. So let's take another common example. Um, Louis Vuitton. This is a brand that has been around for decades, and it's also one that is counterfeited very frequently. Mm -hmm. And Louis Vuitton can sue any company that counterfeits or uses its iconic symbol and receive enhanced damages from that company because that symbol has been in use for so long and is so well associated with the Louis Vuitton brand. Well, it's a, you know, another outstanding example, and unfortunately um, one will have to make our last one for today. But uh, Courtney Kleschinski, I want to thank you for being with us. Uh, great conversation. And uh, as I mentioned, this is trademark focus, so I hope that that's helped clarify some issues for business owners. Um, even some of you law school students who might listen from time to time, great information here. If you'd like to learn more, again, Courtney can be reached at 847-705-7555, and I'll look forward to having her back with us soon and look forward to having you with us as well. Thanks so much for listening.